Support for this podcast comes from Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to policyholders who focus on keeping their employees safe. More at TexasMutual.com. Jungmin Kang, J. Kang, to her millions of online followers, is one of my favorite business people of all time. She's 17, and she's built an incredible entrepreneurial success from scratch using social media. Her business, started just four years ago, makes a few million dollars a year in profit. Her product is the weird, kind of gross, but oddly satisfying toy that I first heard about from my 11-year-old. It's called Slime. And if you were over age 40, you'll remember Silly Putty. This is kind of in that category, but much more versatile. If you go down the rabbit hole of YouTube and TikTok and Instagram, you will see thousands of videos dedicated to slime with hundreds of thousands and even millions of views. Jungmin is part of the multi-billion dollar influencer economy, which has grown up seemingly overnight. This is No Hill for a Climber from Texas Public Radio. I'm Michael Taylor. I first heard of Jungmin when my 11-year-old showed me the Snoop Slime TikTok account. Here are the new slimes that I've just restocked. First is Holiday Cookie Kit. This is a DIY slime kit that comes with everything you need to create your own slime cookies. It comes with icing slime, sprinkles, rolling... A big part of the appeal of Snoop Slime comes from what she calls her satisfying videos, a multi-sensory experience of sight and touch and sound. This slime makes the best bubble pops and pokes. And then I had the exciting but tense experience of ordering her product from my daughter one minute after the slimes dropped on a Friday night before it all sold out. Well, Jungmin Kang, I'm super excited to talk to you. Everything about your business is exciting and I have to admit somewhat mysterious to me. I have to say you have created uh, an incredible set of business models that I want to dig into with you. Is that all purposeful that there is this exciting way to buy your product? Yeah, so I purposely designed my website so that it is restock based. So every Friday I would release new slimes and you know at 8 p.m. Central Time I would restock all of my products and that is when all of my customers would get super excited and they would come into my website and start purchasing all the items like as soon as possible. And I feel like having a restock style uh, business model really excites my customers because they have this sense of urgency when they want to come into my website and purchase a product since it's not always in stock. They think that it's, you know, kind of special for them to have this product that's, you know, limited quantity and not just always in stock like other stores. Okay, so I got a sense from my 11-year-old that if I didn't get there at 8 o'clock, it was going to be gone. Can you tell me how fast your products sell out on a weekly basis? So about one to five minutes, I usually restock around 500 units of the new products and it just appears like right away. And usually my less uh, popular products, those usually sell out within about an hour or two hours. And in any given week, how many units of slime are you selling? Last month, I sold 22,000 units of slime. And every week, it usually depends around 7,000 to 10,000 units. And we also sell um, slime boxes, like monthly subscription boxes that I started uh, releasing 
this January and February and those I usually restock around 500 units and those also uh, get sold out within like the first one to two minutes. So you're selling 20 or 22,000 slime packages per month mm -hmm. and the average prices here, I saw, I saw from your website, $12 up to $15. Uh, this is a lot of revenue. Right. <laughs> yeah. Not, the revenue on those numbers alone is, I don't know, $4 million per year, something like that. Right. It's amazing because the profit margin is usually from 40% to 50%, which is also great because I'm able to price my products at a pretty reasonable price. All right. So I want to ask actually, when you have a product that is super duper popular, like I went on and, and I was aware in one minute, if I don't get this, it's going to be gone. Some businesses might say, oh, well, let me jack the price up to double that, triple that. Let me just find the point where customers are no longer willing to buy this out in a minute. Is that a thing you've right. tried or is that a thing you'll never try? Or what are your, what's your thought about that? So I have to see what kind of customers mainly purchase my products. And it's usually younger teens to sometimes adults, but it's mostly young kids because they love um, slimes like fidgeting toys. So I didn't want to make it too expensive, but also pretty competitive because there are other slime shots out there. And since I sell different more versatile uh, slime products like I have DIY slimes where it comes with even extra decorative toppings where people can mix into the slime which is another extra cool type of product I wanted to make it a little more expensive but I don't want to increase the price too much that no one really wants to purchase it my 11 year old finds $15 like a luxury item and on the other hand, as an adult who wants to make my 11-year-old happy, I'm like, that's kind of nothing for a little bit of happiness. So it's an interesting market that you're in. Right. I wonder if you could give me a little bit of a history of the growth of your company. As I understand it, you began in 2017? Yes. So in 2017, I was just bored. It was during summer and I was just scrolling through Instagram and I found this really satisfying video of slime. And I was very intrigued because it was just like a satisfying glue type of product. And I watched more videos about it, did more research and realized that people are actually selling this product. So, you know, with my entrepreneurial mindset, I was like, mom, I want to start this business. So I asked her and if she could help me invest $200 into this business that I wanted to create. So she at first was like, maybe we should just go to a fancy dinner with that $200 and we can just spend it on that. But I um, convinced her and I invested $200, um, purchased glue and all of the bowls and the products that I needed to create my first slime. And I also opened up an Etsy shop which is a platform where you can sell homemade items. And I took product pictures with my little iPhone and uploaded it there. And I also created an Instagram account, Snoop Slimes, to post my own satisfying videos as an advertising video. So I started posting in 2017. And right away, my video started getting attraction after my first two weeks of posting. And I gained followers really fast. Within the first year of posting videos, I gained 1 million followers on Instagram, which is crazy Th that growth. Is, that is totally crazy. Yeah, I also thought the growth was really insane because I didn't expect myself to grow that much that quickly. And 
after getting 1 million followers, that was around 2018, you know, by then my shop was also growing insanely quick. So I decided to move into my first well, do, office do, space. Do, do you mind if I interrupt you there? How much slime were you selling? The Instagram was for the purposes of selling, calling attention to your slime, right? So how much slime were right. you selling in that first year? So my first year, I was also restock based and I was selling out to fast before I moved into my first office space. And the first year, my sales were around 10,000 slimes. By then, I was like, I need to move to a bigger space. I can't just continue doing this at home because it was just too much for me and also my parents um, who were helping me to handle. So I moved into my first office space and it was 875 square foot square foot space. And from there, I was able to really expand my slime business growth and really expand like how many slimes I'm producing every single week. Um, by then I grew my Instagram followers to almost 1.5 million. And after that, um, in 2019 and 2020, I was still on Instagram, just posting videos. I really didn't pay advertising fees for other platforms. Like I know many businesses use email marketing or pay for to use social media advertising but I only mainly focused on posting videos on Instagram and that's where I would gain all my customers and in 2020 that's when I found out about TikTok which was another big social media platform that were that was starting starting to blow up especially during the pandemic so in April of 2020 I decided to post videos but not just posting satisfying slime video content that I would post on Instagram but Something more so that people can really look into like behind the face of the brand. So I would post videos of my life as a teen entrepreneur and um, it quickly gained attraction. So I gained by now um, 2 million followers on TikTok in about a year. Day my life as a teen entrepreneur. Today I started off by organizing the new glue shipments that arrived to the office. After that, I helped my staff pack new slimes like raw honeycomb and Turkish delights for this upcoming Friday's restock. Let me know if you have any slime requests for me to bring back for this Friday. Then my staff and I packaged the slime orders from the previous restock to have it shipped out on Monday. For lunch, I got a Chipotle burrito bowl and then went to the gym to work out. After taking a little bit of break, I had a few business meetings and interviews I needed to call. Which and in July of 2020, with that TikTok growth that I had, I moved into my second office space, which was 1,500 square feet office mm -hmm. space. And by then, as of... Now I would be producing around 7,000 to 10,000 slimes every single week and it's still selling out pretty fast or very fast. <laughs> so I'm already thinking of moving into a third office space um, within the next few months. And this time I really want to expand my business exponentially. So we're thinking of moving into a 5,000 square feet space and see how my business can grow from there. Okay, and this is, well, first of all, this is an astonishing rate of growth of any business I've ever spoken to, never mind a, a slime business, which I'd never heard of slime, never mind the fact that you're 17 years old, and that's, all of this is mm -hmm. uh, wildly impressive to me. Talking about your number of employees, I guess you were doing this by yourself, or at least the, the posting part, uh, and your family was involved early on, and can you tell me about the growth of employees, um, people getting paid to do this? So in the beginning, I was doing all the packaging, making all the slimes and shipping out all the orders and also I had to film videos for Instagram. But quickly, as I started getting customers and orders, I first asked my mom and my sister for help uh, packaging orders. And after that, it was 
getting really big super fast. So I hired two to three employees um, in 2017. And then after we moved into a new office, my, my first office space in 2018, we outgrew our employees to around five. And after that, now we have around 10 employees. And my mom is the manager while I'm at school because I'm still a teen entrepreneur. Um, so my mom would be um, helping manage the office space while the employees do their work and I'm at school and my dad would be helping me with the finance portion with the shipping labels and printing out the orders and managing the taxes and how the products are getting restocked. So working backwards a little bit on that timeline, you're 17 now at age 14, mm -hmm. you have two to three employees on your slime business in your first year. Can you just describe to me some of the dynamics of being being the teen boss and what that's like? Or, you know, tell me about that. Yeah, so definitely the age difference. Um, there is a weird dynamic and, you know, like the power of how the business operates. But all of my employees and I have a really good relationship. I always go to the office when they're working sometimes and check up on them. And it's really fun and they first thought it was really interesting because when they come to get interviewed to you know get the positions um my mom would also be there but they would be like so who runs this business and i would say that i'm the owner of it and they would think it's really interesting but yeah in the beginning some of them would feel a little bit awkward that it's you know a 17 year old who's running this business but i think that they also think it's really cool seeing that it's a young entrepreneur ran business i also felt a little awkward when i was younger um saying that i'm the owner of the business but i think that as i'm getting older and you know now i'm a junior in high school i think having this weird power dynamic is also really good for me to grow as a person have there been times when it was unusually awkward that you can describe where you thought, oh gosh, this isn't going to work. I'm 16 and I'm trying to make a hard decision. There were definitely awkward moments. And I think that those awkwardness kind of came from me personally and not the employees, because I think that I vision myself as being the the lower one since I, I'm younger and I still want to be respectful to the adults. But you know, like I said, as I'm growing older and learning how to become a leader by, you know, running this business, I think that, you know, having that respect, but also that weird age dynamic is also good because I'm able to see like different types of characteristics and personalities of different people. Let's take a break. And when we come back, although this isn't 17 year old Jungman's first rodeo, we do talk about her first slime rodeo. Last summer, Texas Mutual sent $330 million to resilient companies who work hard at working safe. It's their 23rd consecutive year of distributing dividends and helping businesses invest in a bright future. Since 1999, they've paid out more than $3.4 billion to employers who share their commitment to building a stronger, safer Texas. Learn more about how Texas Mutual is changing the way workers' comp works for you at texasmutual.com rewarding. I'm Kitty Isley. A few years back, my dad took himself on a road trip and got lost. Our family was panicked, trying to get him home safely. Afterward, I decided to move in with him, to take care of him as he got older. And it completely changed my life. About 50 million other Americans are doing something similar. 
my podcast, 24-7, is about our experience as caregivers. You can find 24-7 wherever you get your podcasts. You have things that look exactly like an iced coffee from Dunkin' Donuts, or, and you have these waffles that look delicious, or the most delicious um, ice cream sundaes. Who's designing that? Are you able to do all those things, or do you have a team of designers? Um, with the design aspect of it, I, I still do design most of it and get ideas from, you know, trends that I see on the internet and things that are going viral. And my sister actually helps me a lot with designing a lot of the products because she is also, you know, a part of Gen Z who loves purchasing slimes, um, and is mostly my customers. So, um, when she finds a lot of cool, unique viral ideas, she would send them to me. And I would also look, um, on Pinterest for a lot of delicious food, um, ideas that I can maybe recreate into a slime and maybe some aesthetic, visually pleasing ideas that I can also turn it into slime. Okay. But how do you make it so pretty? Oh yeah, so all the textures and you know all the things that relates to making a new new slime every single week. I I start taking notes of what kind of textures this product would be. So for example, if I make a pizza dough slime, then I would kind of figure out a way to make the texture that's pizza dough like. So maybe I would incorporate more of like more smooth type texture and obviously like a pizza scent but everything that incorporates into creating a new slime it's it's just me making the ideas mainly i have to say it is extremely visually interesting and amazing do you spend a lot of time looking at your competitors trying to figure out how to differentiate is that a thing you need to do yeah i you know always look at what my competitors also create because i want to still stand out and be unique but at the same time i still don't want to copy ideas from them or, you know, accidentally take ideas and people misunderstanding that, you know, I copy ideas from my competitors. So that's also very difficult. And since a lot of my competitors are on YouTube, which is a platform that I have been using, but not as much, I really want to expand to new platforms like Facebook and YouTube in the future. So you're not averse to these other platforms. You're just sort of conquer one platform at a time has been your approach so far? Yeah, so, you know, I have school right now, but hopefully by um, the summer break of this year, I hope to post more on YouTube because, you know, I can post longer, more edited, better videos than TikTok and Instagram. So I hope to post more long in-depth videos of my day in my life vlogs or just what I do in my life. And yeah, hopefully I can also get more followers from there. I think you told me a story that you went to a slime convention and I don't know if that one was called Slime Rodeo or that's just a name that stuck in my head. But in any case, yes, slime your, rodeo. Su your surprise of going to a slime convention, Slime Rodeo, can you just describe what that was like? That was one of the best experiences that I had while running Snoop Slimes. Slime Rodeo was one of the the early ones that, you know, first blew up. And I decided to go and there were other slime competitors and friends of mine that would go and sell slimes. And when I got there, it was really crazy because I was, I set up my vendor space the day before the actual convention went, took place. And all of the people, when it was the day of the convention, they were all lined up from 
the front of the convention center to I don't know the back of the parking lot, and when the time went live, they would all run and. Almost everybody would run to my convention stand, which was insane because I was, you know, sixteen. I'm pretty sure back then, and I didn't expect me to have that many in real life fans come to me, wanting to take pictures of me, wanting to purchase my slimes, and you know, my line was around two hours long, and it was just insane seeing. All of these kids wanting to see me, and that's the first time I realized that wow. The social media has a huge impact on my business, and you know, as the years go by, it's just gonna grow more and more. I don't want to make the mistake of asking the seventeen-year-old, "So, what do you want to be when you grow up?" But I want to ask it in a different way. How do you conceive of success? Well, for me, it's really doing what you love to do, and you know, I found that very early on in my life, I wanted to be an entrepreneur and. I achieve that dream, but you know, success to me, I think it means that really just continue growing this business that I have, and just finding more connections and meeting new people that have the same interests with me, and you know, also expanding my Snoopslimes business more and expanding to different types of products and um, all that. But yeah, I just. I think success—it's more of what if you love doing what you're doing, it really doesn't matter in the end. I'm reading between the lines that you love what you do and you consider yourself a success.、Mm-hmm. Yes. For the record, I want to say that we had attempted to have a meeting in person, but you did commit four hours to band, and I want to support you in doing that, and that's great. Yeah, and when we move to our new office space, I'll make sure to invite you so you can. Come see and feel all the slimes yourself, <laughs> Jungmin. I'm super excited, as you can tell.、Uh, I want to tell the story. I feel that there's everybody over the age of 25 is just going to be blown away when they when they find out about what what you've been up to.、Um, so I'm really excited to tell that story. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. No Hill for a Climber is produced by Ryan Kyloth with editing help from Ben Henry and Dan Katz. If you like this episode, share it with a friend. I'm Michael Taylor. Talk to you next time. <laughs>